Hi, it's Miss United States 2014, Elizabeth Sacred, and you're listening to Life After the Crown with Tim Teato. Hey everybody, welcome to the Life After the Crown podcast, where each episode I bring you useful interviews with former pageant contestants, title holders, and women of influence who are now succeeding across many different industries in the real world. My name is Tim Tialdo, lifestyle entrepreneur, pageant host, author, and quite honestly, somebody who just wants to help you become a better person overall. Now, if pageant life is over for you, or it soon could be, and you're wondering, well, what do I do now, or what's next? This podcast is designed to help make the transition to real life and the school of hard knocks a little bit easier for you to handle. So if this is your first time listening, thanks for tuning in. We're glad you're with us today. Let's get started. My guest today was Miss United States 2014 and runner-up to Miss World that same year. She was also one of eight delegates chosen to speak at the Oxford Union in London, England. Following her success at Miss World, she began to travel with the Miss World organization and visited dozens of countries. She represented the Beauty with a Purpose organization in these travels and participated with several charitable efforts in each country, as well as tourism efforts to highlight the unique cultures of each country. She remained involved with the Miss World organization for almost four years, and prior to accepting the position of national director in late 2016, she was a member of the Miss World America Board of Directors. This year, she accepted the position of Director of Public Relations and Branding with luxury golf company Clear Sports, where she works closely with the celebrity ambassadors of the company and travels to major golf events worldwide. She received her undergraduate degree from the University of South Carolina and her Master's of Public Relations and Corporate Communications from Georgetown University. She splits her time between Charlotte, North Carolina and Orlando, Florida, where she resides with her fiancé, professional golfer Charles Bull. Excited to welcome Elizabeth Seyfried to the show. Thanks for coming on, Elizabeth. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. It's great to have you on. Now, you've obviously done quite a bit in the pageant world, and you know, you gave up your <laughs> crown of Miss United States, so we're going back now four years. So what has life been yeah. like since then? Do you find it more challenging, or did the crown sort of catapult your career aspirations? You know, I think what a lot of people miss um, in their transition is that it takes a lot of time. Um, to get to where you want to be. It's not going to be, you know, you win Miss United States and then you give it up and you're going to be the CEO of a company. Um, you have to remain humble. You have to remain true to hard work and know that it is going to take that hard work and that time to eventually build up to the career that you want. So I spent about a year after after winning Miss United States. Um, I first traveled with Miss World quite a bit. I worked for them for um, a couple of years after uh, I went to Miss World, and so that gave me the opportunity to travel, to see really what I really wanted to do in the world, um, to see what I liked, what I didn't like, and that gave me a really, really strong platform to build a career on. Um, so it, it didn't really catapult. It's been a, while, a whirlwind. Um, I've done a lot of things, <laughs> like you said, and I've tried a little, a little bit of everything. I've had my had my hands in a couple different hats. And um, now I'm in a position where I'm really enjoying my work. I'm really liking being a professional and, um, and doing something different for a change that's not in the pageants world. I've, I've been doing that for the last almost eight years. Mm-hmm. I was in, in the pageant world. So it's really um, a different feeling altogether, but I'm really enjoying it. Um, learning the ropes and, 
doing something different for a change. Now, you were a national title holder, Miss United States. Now, of course, you know, I have a lot of Miss USA's and Miss America's on here. And I'm interested to know mm-hmm. from your perspective, what's the difference between I know the difference between America and USA. What's the difference between those two in the mm-hmm. United States? Well, I've, I've tried everything. <laughs> Someone <laughs> once told me that, uh, that pageants, um, competing in pageants, it's a lot like shopping for shoes. You have to try on a lot of different pairs until you find the right fit. And that was really true for me. I tried Miss America. Uh, I tried Miss USA. I really enjoyed both. But when I got to Miss United States, it just seemed like a really good fit for me because there was a really big focus on interview. Um, it was 25% on stage question, 25% in person judges interview. Um, so I really liked that. And then there was still the emphasis on platform. Every candidate came with a platform. And then there were the traditional competitions of swimsuit and evening gown. So it was a little bit of everything, um, so to speak. And I, I really enjoyed that. But Miss World is totally different altogether. I mean, that I went in thinking I knew everything about pageants. I competed pretty much everywhere. And when I got to Miss World, that is, it blew my mind. Um, there are like 10 different competitions. We had six or seven different interviews, one with media. Um, they had little bugs put in to the media interview where you thought you might be talking to a reporter, but it was actually someone that they had hired to judge you um, on your interview skills. Oh and then gosh. we had this, the, <laughs> we had the debate at the Oxford union. Um, we had the panel interview, like the traditional interview. We had interviews with our roommates um, in the room with us. We had uh, one-on-one interviews with the judges. We had taped interviews. I mean, it, it was unbelievable, but that to me is, it's so necessary in finding a title holder who's going, who needs to be fit to, to represent the entire world. You know, she, she needs to be able to hold her own in every type of interview setting. So I love that about Miss World. Um, and aside from obviously the tons and tons of interview competitions there at the time we had swimsuits, uh, we had sports and fitness competition, beauty with a purpose, which was our philanthropic effort. The multimedia challenge, which is like our social media challenge um, and public relations. And I mean, there were just so many different things. So I really, really liked that about Miss World, that they wanted really perfect, well-rounded woman. So if you compare that to like, a, let's say, a Miss Universe, it sounds like that is a mm-hmm. lot more difficult to win that competition than a Miss Universe. It's very, very comprehensive. Um, it's a month long and there is a competition every single day. Um, you're around your judges every day. You're sometimes eating meals with them um, and not knowing it. You're at galas with them, not knowing that there are judges there. So to me, it, it's difficult to have to, you can't be on all the time. It's, it's not something that you can force or something that you can pretend to be. They want a Miss World who can be Miss World for the full year and not just turn it on for a day. So to me, that that seems more um, capable of being able to find the right woman uh, for the job. I, w- I wouldn't say anything's more difficult than the other. Um, <laughs> clearly, you know, clearly there are different kinds of women at, at each thing. I don't think that someone who wins Miss World would go and miss, win Miss Universe and someone who wins Miss Universe could win Miss World. And um, they're just two totally separate competitions altogether um, and both worthy in their own right. But I do think Miss World is the only truly all comprehensive pageant um, where you have to excel in every single factor. Now, you are one of the many delegates from around the world, but only eight of them, as we mentioned at the top, were chosen to speak at Oxford. Now, yeah. going to a pageant and then speaking mm-hmm. at, you know, higher education Oxford doesn't seem like it usually goes in the same sentence. Were, was that an intimidating environment to be in? What exactly was it like? 
for a lot of the girls, I think that it was, uh, we were selected. First of all, we were nominated, um, based on prior interviews that we had had based on, um, interactions that we had had with the higher ups at Miss World, um, with the house moms, they would all give certain nominations to the girls that they thought should be on the Oxford speech team. And then it was sort of narrowed down, narrowed down. And I was one of those selected. So I found out the day of, and we didn't know what we were speaking about. So we arrived at Oxford. It's on your mind all day long. And you arrive at Oxford, um, it's 20 degrees in the room because there's no heating. So we're all bundled up, already shaking from nerves and then shaking from being brutally cold. (laughs) And someone comes into the room and says, all right, this is your topic. You have 30 seconds to prepare. So we had 30 seconds to actually think about what we were going to say at Oxford in front of the Oxford debate team and um, several Oxford students that had come and news from around the world. It aired on NBC. Uh, so it was incredibly um, nerve wracking for sure. But it's just one of those environments where you strive to be your best, where you strive to put your best foot forward. There's so many intelligent, intelligent women that you just cat- are catapulted to another level um, that you weren't even sure you were capable of in speaking to the whole Oxford debate team. It's, it's really quite frightening, but <laughs> at the end of the day, it's the best thing that I took away from this world. And it's my favorite thing that I can tell people about competing at this world. So they don't tell you anything. You get there and they say, here's no. your topic 30 <laughs> seconds. What was the whole point of you got you girls going in the first place? <laughs> we were there for, um, for a tour of Oxford. It was being held in London, obviously. So to see Oxford university is on the list of things you have to do when you're in London. So we were there to, to tour the university and, and to see the city, but we were there to actually um, debate the Oxford debate team. So once we gave our speeches, then the Oxford debate team fired questions at us. Um, and, and they were not at all questions that you would think you would have um, when you're thinking of onstage question. You know, usually they're pretty political questions, but it was things like, do you think the Miss World CEO should allow transgender participants in the pageant. And, you know, she's sitting right there in this role CEO. So you're saying like, well, you know, no I know, pressure. I know what the rules of the pageant are and I know what I think, but how do I appease both parties here? You know, and it's, it's, it's pretty difficult, but that's the kind of thing that you have handed at you every day as an international title holder. So I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was set apart the women from the girls. (laughs) Well, look, I think that situation right there is very interesting. Do you feel like Mm -hmm. when you're a title holder that you do always have to try and appease, you know, both sides of the argument? For me, I grew up um, really interested in politics. I was a political science um, and public relations double major at South Carolina. And then as soon as I graduated, I took a position as a political consultant. Um, And then I won Miss United States. So, you know, I spent my whole life being very, very politically minded, um, always around topics of debate of politics and being comfortable voicing my opinion. And then winning Miss United States, I think that you don't represent just your opinion anymore. You have to represent opinions of conservatives and liberals alike. You can't just be one side or the other. You're representing the entire nation. And that's, that's very much the same when you're an international title holder. You, um, you have to be conscious of all cultures, all religions, all ways of thinking. So while, while I do think it's important to stand up for what you believe in, you also have to walk the line of, of being true, um, a true title holder for everyone, sure. the people's queen, essentially. <laughs> Well, hey, I jumped on uh, YouTube today. I actually watched one of your old profile videos from the Miss United States pageant, and you were talking about, uh, as you had mentioned earlier, beauty with a purpose. Uh, love what it's about. 
Um, and, you know, traveling to dozens of countries, um, kind of supporting that organization, that's not something I don't, I don't think a lot of title holders get to do. So what was that like? I mean, it sounds like it was pretty fulfilling work. Oh, my gosh. It was incredible um, to see all the different cultures. I always grew up with a love of travel. So to have the opportunity to travel, I think in total, I did about 25 countries um, after Miss World. And so to see all the different cultures, to see the lives that we don't have in the United States, we are so blessed with so many things here. Um, and we take it for granted every day. So to see other countries that don't have what we're so privileged to have here really, really opened my eyes and made me very thankful uh, to come from where I do. And then also to see the wonderful cultures all around the world to experience, like we went to um a carnival showcase in Trinidad. So I was able to wear carnival costumes there. And we went to um, an orphanage in Seychelles. And we, uh, I went to Australia and we went to um, Panama. I mean, all, all of these amazing places where I just got to see so many different kinds of cultures was really incredible. And that's one thing that Miss World does that I really love. It's not just one woman wins. It's There are continental queens and then the women who um, place in the top five often travel with Miss World. So it's not like as soon as you finish competing, your time is done. It's really a sisterhood. It's really a family. And they they go out of their way to make sure that you, that you know that what you've done for Miss World, what you've done for Beauty with a Purpose is appreciated. So I loved being able to travel with them afterwards and know that when I finish at Miss World, it's not the last time I'm going to be seeing those girls and and the organization. I got to do a whole other two years with them. So it was really amazing. So 25 countries, a lot of different cultures. Is there one that sticks out as your favorite? (laughs) The most beautiful place I've ever been to is Seychelles. Um, I think they said 80% of the country or close to it is national parks. So it's really untouched. Legend has it that that's where Eden, the Garden of Eden is. And um, so it's really green, really lush, beautiful oceans. And the people were so welcoming. Um, I loved going to Trinidad and Tobago. It's such a fun culture there. <laughs> All the <laughs> bright colors and the costumes are amazing. And then um, I, I love England and Scotland. I went um, went there for the launch of the American Air inaugural flight from JFK to Birmingham, England, and then to Edinburgh, Scotland as well. Um, so I, I just got to see so many amazing things. And I'm so Thankful, but it really like piqued my interest in travel. So I've kept on traveling after all of that just to take in all the cultures that I can. So Seychelles is where I need to go. Absolutely. That's where Prince William and, and Kate went for their honeymoon. Um, oh, well, then I and definitely I think need just to go before, <laughs> Exactly. Well, and then, and then just before we came, um, Beyonce was there. So, like, it's, <laughs> it's a crazy place. It like, takes so long to get there. I think I traveled for, like, 36 hours um, and went through Abu Dhabi. Went back through Dubai, I think. I, you just saw so many different parts of the world. It was really amazing. Well, let's talk a little bit about post-pageant life. So, last year... Mm-hmm. You and your mom, Lynn, accepted the license of America's Miss World, and you two are now the organization's mm-hmm. national directors. So what made the both of you want to take on this big responsibility to head up the organization? Well, we, we spoke a lot with Miss World, and they weren't happy with the direction that it was going in. And so we, we talked for them a long time. We, we kept nominating people saying, you know, this person would be really great to take over. This person would be really great to take over. And eventually they just said to us, um, at last year's Miss World, would you would you just take over? Because <laughs> you know what we want, you know what the direction that we want to go with. You've been there, you know the organization like the back of your hand. Let's just try it out. So it took me a while to finally, you know, accept it, and um, we 
we announced it in March and we put on a, a huge pageant. Um, we had, we started the first ever Miss Teen World America, um, had two really amazing title holders. But really what we wanted to do was give Miss World the justice that it deserves in the U.S. because it doesn't have as much uh, publicity as other pageants here. Um, so we wanted to give it a truly deserving pageant with amazing title holders. We had every single one of our title holders was college educated or was in college, um, had true aspirations, professional aspirations in life. Um, so we had really amazing girls that we were so, so proud of. And this year, um, Clarissa Bowers was our Miss World America. And she, I don't know if you know a lot about her, but she is currently at Vanderbilt studying neuroscience. She wants to be a surgeon. Um, she wants to help both children and she wants to do a lot of volunteer work to help um, men and women who served in the military. I mean, talk about beauty and brains. That was like, to me, the epitome of Miss World. So we got to go and watch her in China this this past November and uh, and cheer her on. But when I was actually offered this position with Clear Sports, I had to be one or the other. So unfortunately, we had to let go of the license and now it's gone on to someone else in Los Angeles. But I really wanted to, as much as I love pageants and I've been involved with it for so long, I really, really wanted to stay true to what I originally was pursuing before pageants, um, what I went to school for. I wanted to have a career, professional career within a company and, and get that experience in life. So um, it's it's sad to see it go. And I'm sure eventually we'll do something again with a pageant of some sort. But it just wasn't the right time. Well, and that's okay. And we'll certainly talk about clear sports here in a few minutes. But I, I wanted to ask sure. you, you're, you have such a versatile background in pageants. I mean, you competed pretty much in all the systems and, you know, then head up a, one of the organizations as a national director. Uh, I'm guessing you probably have some thoughts on the uh, Miss America uh, <laughs> announcement earlier this year on, <laughs> on getting rid of swimsuit. Do you, do you care to share your opinion on that? Yes. Well, so when I competed at Miss World, there was a swimsuit competition. And following my year at Miss World, they actually got rid of swimsuits. So Miss World did this back in 2014. Um, but I understand a competition like Miss World not having a swimsuit competition because there's already a heavy emphasis on physical fitness in the sports competition. And it seems sort of repetitive and, and unnecessary, especially when dealing with 140 countries and cultures, some of which were not supportive of their delegates competing in swimsuit. And some girls couldn't do it, simply put. But to me, I believe a woman can be intelligent and beautiful. They're not mutually exclusive. I think most pageants celebrate every positive attribute of women in healthy ways. And I didn't see the swimsuit competition as judging women for their appearance in a negative way. I saw it as women proudly showcasing the product of healthy lifestyle and physical fitness. As another point, it's 2018. Women fought for years to be able to have the rights to do what we do today. And women all around the world are still having to fight those fights. So I don't think anyone has the right to tell women what they should or shouldn't wear, what they should or shouldn't do. And um, personally, I'm of the opinion that feminism means supporting and empowering women to have the freedom to make the choices that are right for them personally, not having someone else tell them what they should or shouldn't do. So let me ask you this. And, and, and there's a lot of people listening. They are all over the board on this. You know, some are super mm -hmm. supportive, some hate it, mm -hmm. some are, you know, kind of middle of the ground. Mm -hmm. um, but the one big issue that's happening, uh, no matter what organization that you're competing in, is ratings on television continue to drop. And they have for Miss America, they have for Miss USA, um, you know, so mm -hmm. is 
all, all of these moves that, you know, are either pleasing politically or pursuing feminism or empowering women. If there's no money for advertising and, and a national show, you know, these are, these are going to eventually dry up. So what do you think can be done at this point to kind of revive that? I, I really think that continuing to focus on hot topics and and really challenging the girls in interview, challenging the girls in on stage questions, so people can see just how intelligent they are and that they're women of of great backgrounds, of great aspirations. I think women that are relatable in that sense or that are aspirational, that women look up to and say, "Oh, I want to be her." That to me is is so much more worthy of just having a show of women talking on stage. That to me is not interesting. <laughs> and I don't think that most people will find that interesting. We already have, we already have other shows like that. Um, I mean, the news, for example. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't really see a place for it. Um, to me, I think everything comes full circle. While it might not be the thing of interest right now, eventually I think it will come back around. Um, like you said, it's all about advertising. It's all about letting people that it's even on TV. I don't see a lot of advertisements anymore for these pageants and they've partnered with amazing networks. So surely there's a way that they can get them back in the public eye. And I, I think that's the best thing to do, not doing all these gimmicks to gain the support of people who aren't even pageant fans. We need to rally back the people who were pageant fans and who are interested in pageants and get them watching again. Well, and you know, the one thing that I, I see and when I talk to all the girls at, at these shows is if there isn't going to be a national pageant on television, I think, you know, the local enrollment to even be in a pageant is going to drop significantly and it's going to wipe out the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So to me, I I never did a pageant to get on television. That was never, ever the, the ideal situation for me. I didn't care. I was really excited about having the opportunity to work with amazing charities, to use it to be able to further my career. That that was always my way of thinking. So, you know, if, if, if the women are doing it to be on TV, that might be something that needs to be rethought because <laughs> that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be priority. You know, that it needs to be that you're doing it to serve your community, to serve your state, to serve your country. And, and then the rest is just perks, but, you know, just continuing to give the women something to look forward to, you know, great appearances, um, showing them that taking a, a year off of work or school, I mean, they don't have to do that, but taking time out of their schedule to be a title holder is beneficial to them and not just, not just beneficial to the pageant, but giving them something and in, in reward for their service as sure. well. Well, hey, I appreciate you sharing your thoughts on that. I know everybody's been talking about Absolutely. it for the last couple of months here. So I'm really interested to yeah. know more about this uh, public relations job that you have with Clear Sports is the name of the company. Yeah. Now, PR yes. is a huge yes. job aspiration uh, for many of the contestants I meet when I read their bios on stage. Public relations mm -hmm. is a big one that I see all the time. So, you know, tell us how the job came about for you. Uh, because you did leave that national okay. director position behind. And then, you know, kind of what do you do every day as a, you know, somebody who directs <laughs> public relations? Well, first of all, I will say girls who have PR in your bio, stick to it. Don't get wrapped up in becoming a title holder, loving the glamour, loving the, the spotlight, and then thinking, oh, you know, I'd, I'd like to stick with this and trying to pursue modeling or, or broadcasting or whatever. If, if that's your true interest, go ahead, go for it. But you know, when you go into a pageant, know what you want, stick to it. And that is so invaluable when you're making your appearances and making these connections. You can really use that to furthering your career. So with Miss World, I think the women are so encouraged to continue on with, with their professional aspirations, to continue on with their education, 
so many girls finish Miss World and go immediately back to school. Um, I went back to graduate school and um, the woman who won my year, Rolene Strauss, immediately after her year as Miss World, she went back to medical school. So I think that's really important. Always, always, always continue it. your education. That's so crucial um, in today's world to have that upper edge in your resume and try and take as many opportunities as you can. It might seem silly, but you know, go to those professional networking events, um, go to conferences, join young leadership programs that will take you leaps and bounds ahead of the pack, just showing that extra initiative. Um, but personally for me, I was finishing up my master's program at Georgetown and for our thesis, we're tasked with finding a smaller company that is needing a public relations revamp. And at my, uh, where I live in Lake Nona, Florida, I was speaking with someone about his new company and he had launched the best performing golf ball in um, in the world on the market and he was really excited about it but said you know we don't really have a public relations plan so I thought well maybe this is a good fit so he agreed to allow me to use his company as my thesis project and it, it was clear sports so when I when I was doing my thesis on the company I presented my initial plan to him and he hired me on the spot <laughs> so he was looking for a public relations director, someone to handle pretty much everything. It turns out not to be just public relations, but now I'm doing all the marketing decisions. I'm doing all the digital uh, digital media, all the public relations um, as we traditionally know it, and then the branding as well. Um, and so I'm doing a lot of digital analytics, going through the website, finding out where the traffic comes from, finding out how our ads do online, um, finding out the demographics about our customers and um, that to me is really interesting, but probably what's more interesting to people is that I'm working hand in hand with our celebrity ambassadors as well. So I'm talking with people like Justin Timberlake. Um, we had Donald Trump trying out our ball at one point, which is crazy to oh me. Um, <laughs> I know. And then we, we have Sean Connery, who's you know one of the original 007. Ah, Sean Connery. Um, <laughs> exactly. If we have any Yankees fans, we had like Paul O'Neill, Tina Martinez. I just people from all different fields and um, celebrity statuses, which is really, really cool to see them interested in golf and wanting to further their game with our ball. Um, I also grew up as a golf fan and my fiance is a professional golfer. So it's sort of my world and it's just a really, really good fit for me. I've traveled a ton. I can work from anywhere in the world. And so I have a really flexible schedule on that end, but my day to day is a lot of talking to our ambassadors, um, working with them on getting them into programs, sending out press releases whenever we have someone playing our ball. It's it's just a lot of traditional public relations, and to me, that's that's what I wanted to do originally. So I'm really really happy. Love my job. Couldn't ask for anything better. I was just talking to my mom earlier, and I said if I could have this job for the rest of my life, I'll be so happy because <laughs> it's just everything I could have possibly wanted, and they're such a great company to work for. Well, look at you taking a college project and turning it into a full-time <laughs> gig. Good for you. I know. I, it, it's, it's really cool, too. I mean, I know probably to golf, probably golf doesn't sound like super glamorous to a lot of people, but um, I mean, we work, we partner with private jet companies, so I go and represent the companies at like the NetJets party at the Masters. I went to represent us there. And then I'm going up to the Hamptons this summer for the wheels up party. Um, so it's, it's like a lot, it's a lot of glamour as well, which I enjoy. And um, that kind of takes me back to my old days of pageants, getting to represent an organization yeah, living the high <laughs> at life. an event, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that part, that part is pretty cool, but I, I just enjoy it so, so much. 
Well, speaking of the high life, you just mentioned it. Your fiance yeah. is a professional golfer from England. His name is Charles Bull. Yes. You two just got yes. engaged uh, back in May, I believe. So, I, you know, mm-hmm. obviously your your world revolves around golf right now. So talk about how you two met. <laughs> we met at a golf tournament. <laughs> no kidding. Shocking. Sorry to bring up golf again. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. And it's funny because I was Miss Kannapolis at the time, which is a, t- a tiny little town in North Carolina, just north of Charlotte. And um, I had just gotten, I think I just done my first year with, um, Miss North County USA and I was first runner up. And so I was planning to go back again my second year. And, um, so he got to watch me go from Miss Kanapolis to, which was just like, it wasn't even a title I won. It was like one of those titles that you buy, you know, from, from the office and they just send you a <laughs> like no hey, at, hard least you're at all, you know? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even like a big deal, but I, I went to the tournament and I've always been really big into making the appearances and representing the city. So I was at the tournament that he was playing at as Miss Canapolis. They asked me to make an appearance. So I went, I was the only girl there. So I'm sure I stood out <laughs> and um, it was just a collegiate tournament. We had like 19 different colleges there and my mom was with me um, and saw him from across the way and was like, oh, he's really cute. And I was like, no, mom, he looks European. No. (laughs) (laughs) So he, it turns out he was European, but he had a beautiful accent um, being from England. And as soon as he came over and talked to us, we both fell head over heels. And, um, but he was up in school at Akron, Ohio. And so um, me being in school at University of South Carolina, it was pretty like far-fetched for us to even start dating we're nine hours apart but he called me one day and said "Um, I'd like to take you out and um, I said okay that's fine but we'll have to plan it because you're however far away and he said no I'm I drove to South Carolina I'm here to take you to lunch so (laughs) he drove all the way he drove nine hours to take me to lunch yeah and um and then drove nine hours back so he drove 18 hours in one day just to take me out he must have really and liked the rest you. is history. Yeah, well, it, it was pretty cool to get him to see me go from Miss Kannapolis to, to Miss North Carolina to Miss United States and then go to Miss World, which was held in his hometown in London. And his whole family came out to see me. I had more English people at Miss World than Miss England. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was, that was pretty cool to get to have them all there. Now, I, I actually played uh, competitive golf in high school, so I love golf. So where is Charles? Really? Okay. Yeah, where's Charles at in his career right now? I know golfers have very uh, different seasons of their career. Where is he at in his career yeah. right now for, he's, from your he's standpoint? Having a really, he's having a really good year this year. Actually, I was just checking on his scores. He um, He's in a match play event in Mexico right now, and he won his match today. So um, so that, that's all good, but he's done um, for a couple of weeks. We're going to go back over to England, and he's going to – um, just take some time off for, for all of July. And um, he played a little bit on the European tour last year. I think he's going to go back to Europe um, this year. So we should be traveling a little bit more next year as well. And then when do you get married? Um, October of 2019. Oh, very nice. Well, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. We're excited. It's, it's nice because it's sort of full circle. Um, Mac Dougal, who did my, who designed my Miss World gown, is going to be designing my um, wedding gown as well. So it's nice. It's almost like getting ready for a pageant again because <laughs> you have to get you have to get the dresses and you have to get in shape and you know all that stuff. So it's it's kind of fun to get back with everybody. Well yeah hey quickly let's talk about MacDougall. I know I mm-hmm. recently saw on Instagram yeah. you were at uh, I think MacDougall's daughter's wedding. Um it seems like yeah. you and Mac are pretty tight. We are so close. Um every major my- milestone in my life since Miss World he's known about um I'll call him and talk to him every now and then. And 
I'll go visit him in Chicago. And anytime we're together, it's just constant laughs and so much fun. But it was like an instant spark with the two of us. We became instant friends. And um, he's just the most incredible, genuine, humble person I've ever met. And I mean, he has, he has no right to be humble. Like he's done so much stuff. He's amazing. And he, he would, you'd never guess it from just talking to him. He just cares so much about the people that he's with and about the girls that he designs for. So, you know, I, I do have to say any girl who's ever, ever considering a custom dress without a doubt, go to MacDougall because he will take care of you like family. And I, I mean, he was on the phone with with the people in China who were supposed to be getting my fabric to him just to make sure that it was going to come in time. And he had them send like three extra rolls of fabric just to make sure he had enough for my gown. Like he does it all personally, which I think is really, really amazing. And you don't see that very often in a company that's that big, but I'm so fortunate to know him and so fortunate to have him as a friend. Well, you know, and I've seen a lot of your stuff everywhere you go. I mean, you are high fashion. I mean, you, you've got it going on in terms of your, your, your wardrobe. And it seems like that, you know, Thank you, you. it's like you got MacDougall like at your side, wherever you go, because you look like the queen when you're out at, you know, all these uh, events in other countries. Thank you. You know, it was really fun when I was in the United States, I would show up at a hotel for whatever appearance and I wouldn't even carry a suitcase with me. I just have a little carry on with makeup and some heels and I would get to the, to the hotel and there was a box of MacDougall clothes waiting for me in my hotel room before I was even there. So that was, I, I do miss that. I now have to carry my own clothes, which is <laughs> not as much fun to, you know, arrive and have a whole box of clothes waiting for you. But that was really, really fun. Yeah, I think that's kind of every girl's dream right there is just to have that box waiting right? when you check into the hotel. I know. It takes all the thought process out of it. It's really <laughs> great. And his his daughter, Ina, is an incredible designer as well. She has a line now with, um, with MacDougall, and she's really, really high fashion. So all of her clothes... Um, are ahead of the trends like by a year. So I've really had a lot of fun wearing her designs as well. So we've talked about your job that you have now with Clear Sports doing public relations. Uh, obviously, you know, you kind of met your husband through uh, or your, your soon-to-be husband through that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I was looking back at a profile video from Miss United States. Now, albeit this was four years ago. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's in there. You said one of your aspirations was to become a political analyst for a major news network. Is that still something you, yeah. you'd like to do? I don't really know. I When I was competing for Miss World, I was a political consultant. Like I told you, I was also a lobbyist. Um, so I was very, very involved in politics. And I do, I really enjoy politics. I still um, am a big fan of, of organizations like Rock to Vote that encourage young people to get out and vote. And I do a lot of, of speaking still to um, high school students who are just about to become voting age to encourage them to vote. But I spent a lot of time um, around D.C. Uh, in Georgetown, obviously, um, in graduate school. And as Miss United States, I spent a lot of time around uh, broadcasters and, and news anchors. And one of my really good friends is Lou Holtz, who oh um, gosh, yeah. obviously is a, a major sports uh, broadcaster. And I spent a lot of time talking with him about it and I even went in to speak with ESPN. They brought me in for an interview. Um, and I, it just, it was one of those things that I just decided, you know, I, I don't think this is the right fit for me. And that I do think it's so important. Um, if you have something you think you want to do to actually go through the steps and learn a lot about it, do as much research as you can to make an educated decision, um, before you get tied down your whole life doing something that isn't right for you. So that's, that's one thing I, I do encourage women um, in pageants. First of all, have some goals, like set some goals before you 
enter a pageant, know what you think you might want to do, do some research, obviously, to see if it's a good fit for you, for your personality, if it's something you could see yourself doing for the rest of your life, and then commit to those goals. So once you're a title holder, use that year to network and and find the connections. Um, For example, if you think you might want to get into medicine, try and speak at some healthcare events, be around healthcare professionals. Um, Likewise, I was interested in a political career, so I was doing a lot of work with political nonprofits and working with legislatures. It's just really, really important that you use your time as a title holder to benefit your future career, to use it as a platform um, to catapult your future career and, and make those really, really valuable connections. But for me, I did spend a lot of time Um, Like I said, I've always had an interest in both politics and public relations. So I spent a lot of time in both factors during my year to see what might be the best fit for me. And it just turns out public relations, I really like, I actually really like being behind the scenes. (laughs) As strange as it might sound as from a former pageant girl. Um, Likewise, as a national director, I, I just loved getting to make sure that the the best possible image is at the forefront of an organization, especially when it's so wonderful, like the Miss World organization and and like my current job, um, making sure that the public is getting the best possible image from that wonderful organization. That That's what's really, really interesting to me. Well, good for you for, you know, I, I know that decision of kind of giving up uh, broadcasting, it kind of feels like you, you're giving up, you know, what could be so much. And, you know, after you do walk away, sometimes it does feel like, wow, I did make the right decision. So good for you for doing that. So while you're in the tip giving mode, um, you know, (laughs) (laughs) every woman that, you know, comes on this podcast, you know, she seems to have her own strategies uh, that she uses to succeed professionally. Now, you obviously are Mm -hmm. doing you're doing well for yourself. You've done a lot of different types of jobs. So I guess, could you share maybe one or two strategies that you kind of use on a daily basis to kind of stay ahead in the in the corporate world? Um, I mean, to me, furthering your education, that is just, that's the absolute number one that I could tell any girl, if you're, if you're considering going back to school, if you have the opportunity to go back to school, take that opportunity and learn from people that have all of the, the wisdom and, and the industry that you're interested in. Networking, making those connections, that's incredibly important. To me, being kind to everybody that you meet, making those valuable connections with absolutely everybody, um, talking with people, really having those in-depth conversations with anybody. You'd be so surprised to learn how many connections could come from people that you had absolutely no idea um, that they could offer those kind of connections or that could, they could offer you that kind of wisdom. I've had so many opportunities come my way just because of conversations that I've had. And I would just encourage people to just go the extra distance, you know, make the hard work, get up early, go to sleep late, do as much work as you can. Um, but at the same time, you're young, go travel, go see the world, find out who you are, take that extra time to to really delve into learning about yourself. And then that's where you can really build a strong platform um, to, to build the rest of your life on. Very good. Well, I, I, you mentioned earlier that, you know, one of your big things you're passionate about was the philanthropy aspect of pageants. And mm-hmm. I know that you're really passionate about helping children. Um, so since pageants yeah. have been over, how have you been able to continue the, the philanthropic uh, side of your, your professional career? Oh, I, I work with a wonderful organization called Dr. Phillips Charities in Orlando, Florida, and they work with, I mean, just everyone, you name it. They they have like 250 charities that they're involved with. So I've gotten to see a lot of different charities in my area, which is really, really cool. Um 
And I've, I've done a lot of work with Best Buddies. I actually um, created a partnership with America's Miss World and Best Buddies this year, and we raised $30,000, um, which was actually matched by Dr. Phillips Charities. Um, again, a partnership that came of just connections that I had from people I became friends with, from conversations that I had. So again, it's, you have no idea how, how valuable those connections are. Um, but I've got my hands on a lot of different charities and I try to do as much as I can, um, whenever I can and, and help out in any way possible. Well, yeah, we'd certainly like to stay in touch with you on that because any, any way we can help out, we'd certainly love to. Thank you. That's very kind. One last very question kind. for you. I know uh, yeah. there's a lot of people listening. It's on their radar. They want to know. Is Elizabeth Dunn competing? (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, like I I told you this, I think two years ago, never say, never say never, but I would be very, it it would be a hard decision, I think, to go back and take, what would it take to get you to compete again? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Money? You know, no. I would just, I would, I love when you can see a woman in pageants who I think I saw um, Logan Lester, Miss Texas USA from this year. She continued working the entire time she was a title holder. And I love that. I don't think that being a title holder should be something that you have to compromise a career for. So of course I would, I would have to be able to keep my career and, um, and continue on with that and not let it um, sacrifice what I've worked for. And yeah, I, I would just, I, I'd really like to see, for instance, um, Miss USA this year had a really strong emphasis on philanthropic values, which I really liked. And I think that's sort of been new in the last couple of years. And I really like the emphasis that they put on that. But I, I don't think I would consider competing for anybody else than, um, than coming back and competing for North County USA. Um, I have to do my home state. But that, that's pretty much all I would consider, I think. Well, hey. You know where we're at. If you want to compete, give me a call. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Well, hey, I uh, really appreciate the time today. What an awesome conversation. And, and uh, you know, you've done so much uh, and you're so young. I mean, you're 26 years old and, and absolutely killing it out there. And I know um, there's so much more ahead for you. So uh, really appreciate you sharing this with everybody. And uh, best of luck to you moving forward. And also congratulations on your engagement. Thank you very much. Such a pleasure to speak with you. And hopefully uh, we'll see you around North Carolina pretty soon. I think we will. (laughs) That is today's episode. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. You can do so on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, the podcast app, Google Play, or you can just go to lifeafterthecrown.com. And by the way, if you're still involved in the pageant world and you're wondering, well, what is Life After the Crown going to look like for me and how do I prepare for it? Well, I highly encourage you to download my free Life After the Crown starter guide. It's a quick read. It's going to give you a great blueprint on how to start planning now and not when it's all over. So to get it, just go to timtialdo.com slash starter guide and you can get it there for free. And for weekly podcast updates, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Tim Tialdo. Until next time, remember the words of Matthew 20, 26. Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. This is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not be served, and then to give away his life in exchange for the many who are held hostage. Have a great week, everybody. Have a great week, everybody.